These are front office insights, and we're talking the Toronto Blue Jays today. That's right. Uh, a, a lot of fan favorites on this team. Who doesn't love Vladimir Guerrero, Bo Bichette? Uh, this whole team is just, uh, from top to bottom, a lot of fun to talk about, a lot of fun to cover. Uh, Jim, let's talk about uh, where they were at the end of last season uh, to where they are right now here in spring training. Did the Blue Jays do themselves justice uh, in the off season? Well, they certainly changed their team, and they certainly looked at where they were a year ago and said it's not working. And they did win 92 games last year. They lost 70. They finished in second place, seven games behind the New York Yankees. Um, so, you know, when they looked at that and kind of studied where they finished in the standings, which was good enough for the wild card. In fact, uh, they had the same record as the Guardians who won the Central and a better record than the Mariners who won 90 games in the West. So they had the best wild card record, but how do they get to the next level? Well, they sat there in the offseason and said they want to do three things, right? They wanted to improve their outfield defense. They wanted mm-hmm. to get more left-handed and they wanted to improve the bullpen. And they did all three check, check and check. Let's go through it. Trade wise, Right fielder Teoscar Hernandez, a good 25 home run bat, a below average defender in right. He gets traded to the Mariners for Eric Swanson and Adam Mako. That improves the bullpen. Next, they make a trade with the Arizona Diamondbacks, trading one of the best catching prospects in baseball, Gabby Moreno, to Arizona to get the left-handed hitting Dalton Varsho, who's expected to play left field for them. Then in free agency, they went inside Kevin Kiermaier to a one-year $9 million deal and Brandon Belt to a one-year $9.3 million deal. Okay, that's three left-handed hitters, right? Varsho, Kiermaier, Belt. Same time, they took a below-average defensive outfield and they made it one of the better defensive outfielders in the league as George Springer moves from center to right. Kiermaier takes over in center and Dalton Varsho takes over in left field. They're better balanced, more left-handed hitters. And then they looked at their team and said, okay, we did the bullpen. We up, we proved the defense. We got better balance. You know what we need really is another starter since Hunjin Ryu isn't probably going to be back. How are we going to get us? Oh, I know. Let's go back to free agency. We'll sign Chris Bassett to a three-year $63 million deal. Boom! And now the 92-win Blue Jays are primed to probably win 92 games again in a different way. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, there's, there's some interesting things going on with them that, you know, still trouble me. Maybe it's just more troubling from a, a, a fantasy standpoint, but let's just kind of go through it. Alejandro Kirk, Danny Jansen behind the plate. I got no argument with any, either one of those guys. Um, Vladimir Guerrero at first dude's a stud. Yeah. He's dealing with a little, little knee soreness right now. Uh, backed out of the, the World Baseball Classic, but still, Vladimir Guerrero, I'm not downgrading him uh, on my draft boards at all. They got Whit Merrifield playing second. I know, super on the decline. And then what happens if he doesn't stay healthy? Can Santiago Espinal uh, handle the work over there? Yes, he's fine as a, as a defender, um, but as far as a hitter goes, there's, there's really there's nothing in there except batting average for Espinal. Matt Chapman... I mean, the batting average is just in the toilet. Does that even remotely improve this year? Uh, I need to know. And then I love Bo Bichette. I, I can't argue against Bo Bichette. Um, and then I guess really the you know the question is, as far as the outfield goes, Jim, is you know what happens when Kevin Kiermaier gets hurt? 
because Kevin Kiermaier never stays healthy. George Springer rarely stays healthy either. And so that question there, um, what's, you know, what's behind it? Anything behind it uh, that you're interested in? No, I mean, let's I, I mean, that you're interested in. That's the wrong, the wrong phrasing. Let's talk about the players you like for fantasy and then tell me who the backups are going to be to these injury-prone guys. Okay, so... Yeah, so in fantasy, like everybody else, take Vladimir Guerrero if you want in the first round, as long as that knee's okay, like they're telling us. He's a superstar. absolutely love him. Like you, I love Bo Bichette. Superstar. I think he has his breakout year this year. I do. I, I don't think we've seen what, what – honestly, I don't think we've seen what Bichette's capable of doing, and this is a guy that hit 24 and stole 13 last year. I think you're going to see 30 homers and 20 steals minimum for Bo Bichette this year. I love Alejandro Kirk. If I can't have Rutschman or Real Muto or Will Smith uh, or Salvador Perez, then Kirk's my next guy. Love the upside there. You make a great point on the injury front. Kiermaier's always hurt. Springer's got a history of being hurt. But they got a lot of movable parts, right? Because Barsho can move from left to center. For that matter, Springer can move from right to center. You've got... Uh, Kevin Biggio that can go to the outfield. You got Whit Merrifield that can go to the outfield. Uh, you got Brandon Belt for that matter. You could throw out there in left field if you had to. Ugh. I understand. <laughs> but I, I, I'm just saying you do, you do have some options there um, that you can kind of play play around with a little bit. So, um, so there's, I, flexi- I, there's flexibility so there's flexibility amongst the starters. Yeah. 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 There's some positional flexibility around there. But mm. fantasy wise, I mean, the truth is, you know, I definitely in on Guerrero, Bichette, Kirk. I would also take Springer in the right spot. You know, he's still a top 20 outfielder for me. So position player wise, that's where I'm not sure I'm a believer in what we saw with Danny Jansen and his 15 home runs last year behind the plate. I also don't know how they're going to work in belt and biggio without using the dh spot um you know if belt plays him first and guerrero's dhing that's going to take away from jansen because then kirk will catch those games so that's where i stand position player wise howard okay all right i mean listen it's a it's a nice pond deficient for fantasy uh at least from a from a high-end standpoint i you know some people i'm not in on taking dalton varsho as early as he's going just because he's got the catcher eligibility i'd rather uh, I, I'd rather wait and take a guy like Rutschman, uh, or, you know, at least a, a round or two later uh, than that. I got no interest in Brandon Belt. And yeah, Kiermaier's uh, offensively mm, it's probably about average, little bit of speed. I don't even know how much is left in the tank because, yeah, you're right, always hurt. Uh, and, and that's what we got. Let's look at the mound then. Gossman, Alec Manoa, Chris Bassett, Jose Barrios, Yusei Kikuchi. I say Kikuchi? No, you say Kikuchi. Uh, it's not a bad top, top five. I don't say Kikuchi. Look, I like three starters. I like Manoa, Bassett, and Gosman. Like all three of them. Mm-hmm. I'll be drafting all three of them in various drafts. Barrios, I got a fade. I don't want to fade. I've been a fan of his. He let me down last year at such a level that I can't go back there. You know, it, it's kind of like Evan Ingram. Like, I, I kept taking Ingram. He never lived up to it. When I finally faded him and got rid of him, he had a big year in Jacksonville. So watch Barrios have a great year like Ingram did in football, right? But I'm not going to be the guy that has him if he bounces back, which he should. He's only 28. But I, I didn't see it, 
and I look what I saw of Manoa, Gosman, and Bassett. There's no reason to believe they can't repeat what they did a year ago. And I like all three, so I'll be in on all three of those guys. Okay, that definitely makes sense. Those are the the three to be uh, investing in. Uh, Jordan Romano is a closer going too high for you still. Yeah, I don't like closers that early, but I mean, look, he's on the. He, came out with 36 saves and a 211 ERA last year. He's on a team that's going to win 90 plus games. Um he goes into the season as the closer. He has really good setup guys in Swanson, Garcia, Bass, Simber and Meza. So I, I don't see anyone competing for him for the role, so he's going to get the saves. So I understand why he goes early and um I I'll take him if it's in the right spot for me. It's just hard for me to take closers where they go. You know that. Yeah, I mean, listen, Jordan Romano's going. I think he's like the fourth, maybe fifth closer at times coming off the board, uh, and that's. I mean, listen, we're we're seeing we're seeing Diaz, um, Hader, and and Classe go as early as like late second round, uh, probably no later than the uh, than the late third, early fourth. Uh, so yeah, a guy like Jordan Romano, we're looking at him. I mean, that's still, you know, people get a little nervous. They get a little antsy. So we're talking about a fifth or at the latest sixth round pick, which, yeah, I'm, I'm again, you know, and, and I kind of feel like that's sort of been a, a little Achilles heel of mine this draft season right now is that I'm not really, I'm not into taking a closer in the second or the third round. I just feel like it's still a little too high. And then when you get to the fifth or the sixth, there's just you know there's nobody there that really excites me enough in comparison to what bats are still sitting there and what starting pitchers are still sitting there. So yeah, so I see it the same way you do. So yeah, you and probably I probably won't have, won't have, a lot have of too Romano. many shares of Romano. Yeah, not a lot of Romano. Parmesan, hundred percent. Romano, different story. Jim, let's talk about the rookies and the farm system. In Toronto, any names jumping off the page for you? Uh, possibilities of showing their face this year? No. Wow. Maybe a Ralvis Bartiz, but <laughs> I don't know where the pathway is to start. Like, this is a veteran team ready to win. And I, they, it's not like the Yankees who have Volpe or Peraza there. You know, I, I think the one rookie that has no chance of getting there, their best rookie is the left-hander Ricky Tiedemann, who I saw, and he's just ridiculous. Like he's just he's a really good looking left handed pitcher who's gonna pitch at twenty this year. He's six four, two twenty, great pitcher's body. Um he was a third round pick by the Toronto Blue Jays out of California. But this kid really brings it. Um is it he averages like, you know, thirteen, fourteen strikeouts per nine innings. Like he's just sick. But he's 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 a he's a ways away. You won't see him this year. Dynasty League, I would jump all over him, but I, you know, they've had to use their farm system to go make some of these trades that they've made to kind of put them in position. This is a veteran-proven team. I don't see any rookie coming up and making, uh, you know, a, a significant impact for them in 2023. Okay. All right. Now, Ross Atkins is the general manager. Mark Shapiro is the president and CEO. Um, who makes the moves, Jim? Is it Shapiro or is it Atkins? It's a, it's a collaborative approach. Uh, you know, Mark Shapiro does delegate authority. Mark Shapiro does have final say, but you know, Ross Atkins is really the one running it on a day-to-day basis and then reporting to Mark. Um, they've added James Click to the front office. He was the general manager of the oh, world the, champion Astros, Astros who left after a financial thing. So he's the director of baseball strategy. So you got Click, Atkins, Shapiro, 
pretty good group effort. They're really advanced in analytics. Um, Click will bring a lot to the table. I think uh, this is going to help Toronto maybe make some moves going forward. So I was going to say, does it, does it make them maybe a little bit more aggressive if they uh, if they find something that they need? Because again, like we just said, I mean, you know, the the team is not built on, on a bastion of health with Kiermaier and Merrifield and Springer sitting there, um, second base outfield. They could have some issues. Yeah, they'll be aggressive. They've got the resources. Remember, they have an entire country behind them, not just a city. They've got the they've got the finances. Do whatever they want, and they'll do it. So, uh, I don't think at this point, besides Tiedemann, they have too many. Maybe Zuleta, but not not a lot of guys in their system that are untouchable at this point. They'll do what they have to do to win, and they're in a position to win. Their timetables now, the the moves they made this off season say said it's our 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 time to shine. Pitching and defense is going to be the calling card of this team, but they've got the offense with Guerrero, Bichette, and Kirk, and and power everywhere with Chapman and Springer, etc. So the big key to me with the Toronto Blue Jays is can they stay healthy? That's going to be the biggest key for them. It's going to be something interesting to watch. All right, Jim, as we wrap up our coverage here of the Toronto Blue Jays, one fantasy sleeper, one fantasy bust. I'll go Jose Barrios as a sleeper even for me because I'm not going to draft him anywhere. But I, I, I figure it's going to be Evan Engram all over again. So watch Barrios have a big year and do <laughs> so everything I thought I'd you're do not a year Because you're not going to draft him. He's going he's gonna to light it up. Right, just like Engram did. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what's going to happen. So that's my sleeper. And the bus, I'm going Dalton Varsho. Everyone loves Dalton Varsho. His dad, Gary Varsho, an outfielder, actually played for me in my rookie year as a general manager, believe it or not. But... I I like Dalton Varsho. I understand why people like him. I haven't seen the hit tool. Hit 230 in Toronto, in Arizona in that light air. A lot of times you change leagues, you change teams, and you struggle the first year with your new team. I'm playing that in as a factor. I'm, I'm, I'm also factoring in the fact that he does have a low batting average. He is a really good reality player. He plays the game hard. He grinds. He's got power. He's got speed. I like that part of him. How much is he going to hit? I don't know the answer to that yet. I know he can go catch the ball, and I know he's really fun to watch. In fantasy, though, is he going to produce enough for an outfielder in fantasy? He'll definitely produce enough for a catcher. So if you're drafting him as a catcher, I get it. But I think overall, where he's going, I think it's a bust. Wow. All right. Look at that. Jose Barrios as the the, I'm not drafting him, so he'll – Go off and go bonkers uh, side, and then Dalton Varsho, probably the, the probably the only time I've heard his name referred to as a bust. That's going to be a great one uh, indeed. It's going to be a very big surprise for those who might be mm, investing a little bit too much in Dalton Varsho. But there you go, folks. That's our coverage of the Toronto Blue Jays. 